This is Jen from Grace for Single Parents, where your parenting and God's grace collide. I want to welcome back today. I have Pastor Pitts on the podcast. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy to have you back. Last time you were on and you talked to us about um, the power of forgiveness. And today we are going to talk about racial injustice Mm -hmm. and you I feel like have a lot that you can help us wade through since you are in a unique position you (laughs) are a police chaplain (laughs) in New Jersey is that right absolutely correct yes okay so you are the only black woman police chaplain in New Jersey yes so can you tell not in New Jersey in Millville New Jersey okay yeah. <laughs> so what's the, difference, what's the difference being in Melbourne, New Jersey? Um, well, there's a lot of uh, surrounding cities that have other chaplains as well. Each police department has their own set of uh, chaplains. So uh, with me uh, being living in Millville, um, that's how I'm able to, to work with the Millville Police Department because it's in my locality. But they have them um, in surrounding um, cities. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about um, what your job is like and a little bit about how that is? Well, um, dealing with the police uh, uh, chaplaincy, um, I always tell people um, my job is not to proselytize or convert people uh, in the police department. It is to make myself available. So me being the police chaplain, I am there for the police officers not for those that are incarcerated. And so um, in my police chaplaincy training, we were taught what is called ministry of presence, which is basically just making yourself available. Now, if they bring up God in that instance, then that, that's an open door. Um, but I, I'm there to make myself available. So uh, normally what happens is I will go to a police briefing and after they have their briefing, they'll say, one of the sergeants will say, well, Chaplain Pitts, you have anything you would like to say? Any words for the day? And I usually give them like a, a short word for the day. And then I say a short prayer with them uh, before they head out to the street. And it's like, um, there's four groups of officers. So it's um, for each shift, there's uh, a different set of police officers. Um, not only do I go um, to their police briefings, but I also do ride-alongs. So I'm in the car and I have been on um, some ride-alongs where, uh, it, for instance, there was one, there was a uh, domestic dispute and they didn't know um, if, if violence uh, was involved with that. So when, the, when we got to our destination, the officer told me, he said, stay in the car because we don't know what's going on, you know. And while I'm sitting in the car, a young lady walks by and she bends down and she looks and she says, oh, shucks, they got the, <laughs> they got the pastor with them. And when they, when they, when they sit, when she said it, I didn't recognize who she was at first. And so my response to her was, you better be glad that the pastor is with them. And so needless to say, it was a young lady um, that I knew. And what happens a lot of times, um, why they encourage this, because a lot of times, like in a, um, like a domestic dispute or something like that, once you say chaplain, 
I don't know. It seems like people just kind of calm down. <laughs> they calm down for whatever reason. It's it's not all the time, but most of the time, once you say chaplain, they 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 kind of calm down. Um, also, um, with the uh, police department, I am also a lead chaplain for one of the high schools in Millville, and there I am there for the students. So if they don't feel comfortable in talking to the guidance counselor, I'm available to talk to the talk to the students. Um, within the high school. And that program is, is what they call Station House. Um, it's a program that's called Station House Adjustments. So say if a student um, gets in trouble that um, whatever they whatever crime they committed, they could be charged for it. We opt them for that program. And so what happens is they have to do uh, some form of community service. Uh, we meet with the parents and um, talk with the parents and offer the whole family services because sometimes it's just not the child. The whole family may need services. So uh, we work with um, a, a family success center in our area and um, we, we have the child um, write down what did they learn from that experience um, as well as um, them doing community service. So they can get four hours, it just depends on how bad the crime is um, depends on how much um, community service. Now, the thing is, this program is a one and done deal. So if they get in trouble again, they will not be opted for that program. So it's, you know, it's important for them to take advantage, um, you know, of that program and, and, and hopefully and prayerfully not get into any more trouble. So over the last month or so, with everything that's been going on with George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor and everything, how has everything been for you as far as being the police chaplain? And I mean, I know school hasn't been going on. I don't know if you're still right. involved with that. Well, what we do is now with, with school um, not being in session, we put the responsibility on the parents to make sure that th those kids, um, you know, and they have to have a record right? They have a, have something recorded um, that they're having their kids do such and such for this community service. Um, and then once they're done, um, we meet up with the parents um, at the police station, or they can drop it off and put it in our um, mailbox to, to let us know that they have completed um, those hours. So that's, that's how we're doing it now, which is actually a little bit easier, but we still contact the parents. We talk to the parents and, and um, talk to um, the child to see, you know, where everybody is at, where where is their mindset and stuff at. Um, but since um, uh, the situation with, with George Floyd, we did have, we, we've had two protests that I know of um, done in our city. The first protest I did not go to. The second protest, uh, the police chief requested for the chaplain. And I marched, even the first protest, um, very peaceful, no um, vandalism, nothing of the sort. Um, but there were people there that had issues, you know, um, people being getting killed in, um, by the hands of officers, not just in uh, Millville, some of the surrounding police departments. Um, and justice still has not been served. And, and, and so again, um, that is a lot of people's problems. Like, okay, um, and, and we know in our mind, we could see something and say, oh, this is clear cut, you know? Um, but there's just so many channels that you have to go through. And 
and honestly, um, they call it the blue wall. There are so many laws protecting the officers. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's a big problem where people, um, uh, that they're not getting the justice um, that they want or feel as though that they deserve. Um, and we're talking about going back years. We ain't talking about a couple of years where um, things have not been resolved, um, you know, dragged out in court and just different things of that nature. So that is definitely um, um, a big issue. They just had an incident where actually one of the officers um, that um, was in my police department uh, put up and it was basically along the lines of a racial slur and they end up suspending him. Now, he put this up on Facebook, see, social media. And so um, the community wants him fired, mm -hmm. not just suspended, they want him fired. Um, and that's another issue where people are looking at, okay, some of these officers, they leave one department and go somewhere else. And so the argument is, look, these officers need not to be working at all especially if they haven't gone through some kind of counseling. Um, and I don't even know how you would prove, <laughs> you know, prove that, okay, this person is not racist anymore. Um, yeah. So um, that's the argument that's on the table is look, uh, the, this officer needs to be fired, not just suspended um, because how, how you correct that. And then, like I said, if, if they do get fired, they'll go, to another locality and get hired again. And this person still has the same issue. So that's some of the things that were brought um, brought to the table at this particular protest. Mm -hmm. So are you feeling like a, you know, like an internal struggle between the two, between your, your day job and everything that's going on in the country or have you been doing it for so long? And is it like your faith in God strong enough that you're able, you feel, you know, fully reconciled on the two? Do you feel like, you know, justice will be disturbed and you're, you're good with that or, or is it difficult for you? Honestly, I'm, I'm at peace. Um, and at the end of the day, um, anything that I do is going to be God, God inspired. I'm just not going to jump up and just do something uh, just because someone asked me to do it or anything of that nature. So honestly, at, at this point in juncture, I'm at peace. Um, and I've learned that sometimes we may not be able to change the whole scope of things, but we can change things in the areas that we work in, um, uh, whether it be your job, schools, whatever. So wherever you can make that change in the capacity that you're working in, then, then that's what we need to do. Um, the other thing that was addressed at this, at this protest is, uh, the question was asked, was this a, a movement or a moment? Mm -hmm. And what was brought up was uh, with Rosa Parks um, sitting on the back of the, the bus boycotting. It took them, and a lot of people don't know this, 381 days before the law was changed. And, and, and so this is something that, okay, if we want change to happen in America, 
we have to be consistent in what we're doing. We, I mean, and, and we have great examples that went before us. You had Martin Luther King, you had, you know, you had Malcolm X. They were consistent. They wasn't, you know, protesting one week and then the next week they were off. You know, they, they had strategy, they had plans and, and goals and different things in place. And, and, and the other thing that I've noticed with a lot of these protests going on, you don't even know who the leader is. Yeah. You know, back then they knew Martin Luther King, you know, he was the head of the march. They knew Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. They knew these people were leaders. Now you have people um, leading marches, but you don't even know, you don't even know who the, um, the leader is in the protest. And to me, um, that's very important because you need to be attuned, right, to whoever's leading. And if you're not attuned to, to who's leading, then this is how chaos and disorder happens, mm. you know? So um, um, th that's another thing, um, being, being attuned. Um, so I definitely uh, think for what we see um, that there's some organization that has to, has to take place and going to have to be consistent. It, it can't be a hit and miss. If we want things to change in this country, you're gonna we're going to have to be consistent. And we, we already know it, it's not going to happen overnight. But it, I, I look at it this way. If, if we are consistent, you ever have someone, uh, your child, all right, we talking about <laughs> single parents. If you ever had your child bug you until they get what they want, you're like, okay, you, you'll end up giving up. You'll end up giving in because you're tired of them coming asking you for the same thing. That, that's what we're going to have to do in order to, uh, to make change and, and, and be consistent. So along that same lines of it being the movement, what are your suggestions or what was brought up when, when you were there as far as, or, you know, what did you see that we can do to help for it to continue on? Because, you know, we see like this huge uprising of it right now. And I know that it, it's not, you know, you don't get a break from it. Um, all of our, you know, the black community, it's not going to end, but you know, me and you know, all my white counterparts, you know, we, we can, we mm -hmm. can stop because of our white privilege, mm -hmm. but hopefully we won't, but what can we do to help and to continue? Well, um, number one, stand by us, speak up, use your voice, uh, go to town meetings, um, get involved with the community. Um, again, this is a thing where you have to stand up for what you believe in because wh what's going to happen is if we don't, guess what? All of our rights are going to be infringed upon. If, it's in, if it can be infringed upon on one race, what do you think is going to happen to all of the rest of the races? So it's important um, that it's really power and unity. And again, um, during the Black Panther era and all of that, when it was doing those marches, you had you had diversity in those marches. And so what ends up happening is, um, you know, the government gets upset because now, okay, our people are standing with them too, you know, but it, it's going to, it's going to take courage. You're going to have to be bold. And, and I don't know about anyone else, but I am the, the type of person, if I believe I am entitled to something, I'm going to fight tooth and nail until once I've done all that I can do, 
then I leave the results up to God. So um, I always have this saying, when we do what we can, God will do what we can't do. But that's a condition. We got to do what we can do first, you know? And so now it has to, to move from just talking to some action. Uh, again, plans have to be put into place. And like I said, uh, we, we, can, we can do a round table all day long, but, but we got to have some action behind it. Got to have some action behind it. And we have to teach these young ones, these millennials, uh, how to do things right how to channel their anger to get the right results and just different things of that nature too. Um, I watched a video clip and there was three generations of black men. You had a 16 year old, you had a 30 something year old and you had a 46 year old. Now I can be honest, I'm 46 years old. Let me tell you, I did that March and stayed there my feet was burning at the bottom, you know, my, you know, age will tell on you, you know, um, and, and so, um, looking at this particular video, the 30 year old tells the 16 year old, look, um, my generation and the generation before me, they done dropped the ball. We can't do it, but, but you guys can do it, you know? And, um, you know, people got ailments, you know, stuff It's people, they may desire to be out there, but their body won't let them be out there, you know? And so um, we just have to try to make the change as much as we can. And we definitely, we have to reach our young people because they are our future, you know? And uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, he calls the old because they know the way. He calls the young because they are strong. And so we have to uh, uh, speak their language in order to be able to get not only to their head, but to their heart, that they will, they will listen to us. Um, and, and, and it's really comes, comes with teaching, you know, um, we used to say it takes a village to raise a child. There's so much stuff going on in the world. We have lost that, you know, now you can't, because now you don't even know who your neighbor is. Your neighbor could, could, could be a, an a offender. You know, um, and so those are the things that we have to get back to. Com that's what community really is, right? It's just like a neighborhood watch, right? That neighborhood watch, we are protecting everybody that's in that neighborhood. Well, we got to do the same thing on, on a larger scale for one another because, like I said, if one race rights are infringed upon, everybody's rights are going to be infringed upon. And that's why it's it's so important to to stand stand for truth, stand for what's right, stand for what's for what's just, um, and and practice empathy. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. If that was you, and I mean when I say put yourself in someone else's shoes, really put yourself in their place. Picture in your mind if that was you, how would you want people to respond? And I think if we do that then number one, we wouldn't be so quick to judge, you know, because, uh, you know, they talked about uh, George Floyd being a criminal and just all this kind of different thing. But what that had to do with how he was, he was mishandled. We got a whole lot of criminals, but they living, right? They in prison, but they alive. And, and so those are the things um, 
as as the Bible says, um, treat treat others like you want to be treated, right? And um, and and that's what it boils down to. And and I think even common courtesy, you know, that's something that we think it should be a no brainer. But guess what? <laughs> common courtesy, common courtesy. Yeah, and. Where is it in the Bible with one part of your body hurts the other part? Yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's just what Funny was going through my head that those few weeks. It's just yeah. like, you know, your arm is hurting that bad. You know, like your arm was cut off that week. Yes. How can you not grieve for that? Yes, absolutely. And 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 I like that uh, analogy because you just think about it. If you get a splinter in your finger, it's something small. But it hurts, right? And we'll be doing everything that we can. <laughs> and, and I say this facetiously, we'll get uh, safety pins. Some of us may burn the end because we want to try to uh, purify it so we make sure we don't get no infection because we dig it in our finger. But that little splinter, right? You ain't even worried about the rest of, rest of your body. You worried about that little thing that's in your finger that's causing you or a hangnail. That's another one. You know what I mean? It's small, but it hurts. And so um, I said, and it's a song out there, what the world needs now is love. And I'm talking about unconditional love. When it's unconditional, it, even if you don't love me back, I'm still loving you. That's really what unconditional is. A lot of people... We base, we love on condition of what people can do for us. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's not real love. Real love is unconditional. Whether you love me or not, I'm still going to love you. Whether you treat me right or not, I'm still going to treat you right. And I remember at my, at my job, I purposed in my heart because you, you have people at, uh, uh, at work, some people don't want to engage. They won't even look at you in your eyes because they don't want to say hello. They don't want to speak. They'll look down or, you know, they'll, 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 they'll try to occupy themselves with something else just so they can't engage. And honestly, that's the society that we're dealing with right now. Uh, we are socially dysfunctional. Phones have made us dysfunctional. You in the same room with the same person, but you will send a text instead of saying whatever you got to say. That don't make sense to me. We have become socially dysfunctional. And so now, look, even with social distance, I think in a sense, on, on one scale, it, it made it good. And then on another sense, it might've made it bad where now people really don't want to engage because they haven't been engaging with people. So uh, we, have to, we have to get back to unconditional love, not based on what you can do for me or nothing, it's just like God, we, we, we've done some things, some things we don't even want to repeat that we've done, but his love don't change towards us. There's nothing that we could do. And, and let me make this clear. You could be a pedophile, whatever. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make God stop loving you. And so we have to go back to love, real love, true love. And, and that's what really what the world needs now. And guess what? And the world needs now, they need forgiveness too, right? God, it, it, that love and forgiveness work hand in hand. Gotta, gotta let some things go. 
so you can move forward and, and it, you'll have the right mindset and, and you'll be able to conduct yourself accordingly. Because like I said, all the bashing and uh, pointing the finger is, is not getting nothing done. We got to put some things strate strategically, put some things in place to make a change. And we, we got to be consistent. This, this can't be a moment. It has to be a movement. So explain to me how you see um, the forgiveness work in here. Like where, because there also has to be some acknowledgement, right? Absolutely. So how, how does the forgiveness work into this? With the forgiveness, uh, you're going to have to work on you. I always tell people, people can be wrong as two left shoes, right? They can be wrong as two left shoes. And whatever the situation is, but you always have to look inward. What could I have done to make the situation better? Even though this person was clearly wrong, what could I have done to make the situation better? That's just like I said before about being pulled over. If I get pulled over, if I see that this officer is already angry, I'm not going to add fuel on the fire and I'm talking to him in any kind of way and all that kind of stuff. What could I do? Right? The Bible says a uh, soft, uh, soft answer turns away wrath. I'm not going to dish out to him what he's dishing out to me. I'm going to try to diffuse the situation. So with forgiveness, it, it starts with us. What areas can we work on within ourselves? Because some things that we have in us our parents may have instilled it in us, TV, television, music, you know, uh, they got a song after police, you know, that kind of thing. So you, you so all of these things <laughs> plays a part. And so we always say this, many of us are trying to be heroes to other people when we ourselves need to be saved. And so this is why it starts with us first. They say you you point the finger, you got a thumb looking pointing right back at you. So you got to start with us. Then we can change people. But if you you yourself ain't changed, how are you going to change someone else? How are you going to give someone else advice and you're not even taking the advice that you received yourself? So it starts with us being in it, being an example, and then um, passing it forward, passing it forward, and definitely with our with our young people because right now. Uh, let's let's look at it. Kids are not in school, and to me, that's not a good thing. Yeah, the parents are 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 teaching them, or you know, homeschooling or or whatever have you, but that's not a good thing for them. They need to be socializing with other kids. You know, re relationships. Here it is again, right? We cannot be in this world without relationships. You can't even work at a job without what? Some type of relationship because you're going to be interacting with one another. So uh, we, we have to work on us, be the example, and then we need to get a hold of our children and, 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 teach and teaching them what is right and being the example. Because a lot of times as a parent, sometimes you have parents, they're teaching them what's right, but the parents ain't being the example. And the first thing the kid going to say, and they may embarrass you, well, mom, you do it. Dad, you, you know, mom, you do it. So we, we got to be that example and then teach. And I think that's another thing that has, has happened in a lot of these homes. See, 
Uh, and the reason why I said about the kids, sometimes it's a bad thing right now for them to be home because you don't know what people's situation are. You don't know how many kids, I've, uh, uh, first thing in the morning, coming in school crying. Uh, I had a, a young lady came to school on crutches, asked her what happened. This is a child. She was fighting her father's significant other and foot got broke or whatever have you. This is stuff kids should not be dealing with. So you have some kids that are home, their only reprieve was when they went to school, right? Their only positivity was when they went to school and they may have had a positive teacher there or, or something to instill something positive, giving them some kind of hope that things are going to get better. So some of these kids that are home, every, everybody don't have a good household. Right. And, and, you know, so we got to think about those things because I, I you know, it, it, it pained me to see first thing in the morning, just looking on their countenance, you know, that they were going through, through some things, you know, crying. And it's, it's not just about kids. It's stuff at home. A child shouldn't have to worry about anything. That's why they're children, right? But you got children, they got to worry about what they're going to eat, how they're going to protect themselves when they get home. Everybody doesn't, doesn't have a safe haven to go home to. And so these are the things that we need to be looking at. And, and like I said, we have to reach our children. And one part of that is not only teaching them, but being that example as well. And, and some kids don't have the, even a meal at home too. Yes, so absolutely. they take that school away, we don't know it if some of them are even able, what they're eating. Yes. Yes, and I remember um, I worked, um, I was a preschool teacher at one time, and a lot of the kids, uh, what ended up happening, um, the school, it was a private school, but the school didn't receive a grant. So half of the kids couldn't come because the grant would have provided transportation for these kids to get to the school because a lot of the parents didn't have transportation to bring them to the school. So people don't, you know, people don't look, don't, they don't look at these things, you know? And um, so it, it's, it's, um, we definitely, notice I said we, we definitely have to do better. We have to do better. And uh, we can't be turning a blind eye to things because God forbid, if it was your child, <laughs> would you want somebody to turn a blind eye to it? Well, thank you so much. Would you like to close for us with a prayer? Oh, Thank you. I would be honored to. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for just allowing us to come and talk about uh, these social issues. And so, Father, first, I want you to touch my sister, Jen. I ask you, God, that you would bless her as she has blessed me to allow me this opportunity to be on her platform and her space. Father, I ask you that you would touch her in her body, Father, and that you would align her body up how you originally intended for it to work. God, whatever is, is going on, Father, we ask you that you would set it right. We ask you to release your healing virtue through her body. Give her a testimony of your miracle working power. And God, we pray for our parents that, are, that, are, that will see this, Father. We ask you that you would encourage their hearts we ask you that if they stand in the need of anything, that you would meet their need. And Father, we ask you, O oh God, that you would protect all of us. 
that you would protect all of us, God, and help us, God. Heal us in every area, whether it be mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, physically, financially, Father, in the name of Jesus. I ask you, God, that you would touch our government leaders, that you would deal with their hearts, deal with their minds, for your word says that the the, 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 the heart of the king is in your hand and you can turn it whichever way you turn it. Give us the wisdom and the knowledge that we need, God, to get the results that we need for equality in this uh, United States of America, Father. Give us the wisdom that we need. Lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. Put a protective hedge around about us, Father. Send out your guarding angels out before us. Protect our children, Father. For Lord, we know that Satan desires to sift them as weak, but we thank you, Jesus, because you've already prayed for them. Protect them, Father. Protect them in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we'll be so ever careful to give you glory, to give, a, give you honor, and to give you praise. Give us wisdom. You said you would give it to us liberally, if we would just ask. And we thank you for these things and we'll be so ever careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you so much. Amen. Blessings to you. Join over 4,000 other single moms and grab your single mom survivor pack today. Whether you're a new single mom, been one for a long time or not, I've got some resources to keep you covered. So go to the show notes and get your single mom survival pack today for free.